Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugs your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Conversations Against Living Miserably, a podcast where we try to find solace in a world where our brains are usually against us. My name is Aaron Gillis, and each week I'll be joined by... Me, Lauren Patterson. Each week we chat to a different guest about how they try and live their life without misery. But we try and do it with a little bit of laughter, because otherwise that sounds like a pretty gloomy idea for a podcast. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Dave, the TV channel, and Calm, the campaign against living miserably. Morning, welcome back. Another episode, another day, another something or other. Um, I should really start writing these intros, but um, I'm just going to wing it. Uh, this week's guest is uh, stand-up comedian Maisie Adam. Maisie has featured in uh, or on or around uh, eight of the ten, eight of the ten cats. I think it's eight out of ten cats. Uh, and what the week? And was nominated for best newcomer in the 2018 Edinburgh Comedy Awards. Uh, Maisie is touring the UK at uh, the end of this year, which is, if you're listening to this in the future, the year 2019, uh, and the beginning of next year, which, if you're listening in the future, is the beginning of 2020. Uh, this week, we speak to Maisie about asking for help, um, understanding, and the fine art of tidying up. Uh, yes, I think that's kind of it. Uh, you know the rest of it. If you've listened to this podcast before, I'm going to ask you to like, subscribe, rate, review, uh, and all of that jazz. Tell your friends about the podcast. All the money we make goes to Calm. Uh, what else? That's a nice and easy intro, isn't it? That's it. Is Lauren and myself speaking to uh, Maisie Adam. We've got 
got another bloody northerner in. Hello. <laughs> We've got Maisie Adam on with us this week. It is going to kick off. I was generally scared I was going to call you Adams there mind. as well after oh that conversation we've yeah. just heard. I was like, don't do oh, it. I would have <laughs> dropped, kicked you out of the studio. <laughs> was like that man in Edinburgh. I got so unnecessarily angry about that. So I'm having a conversation with my dad in a cafe about Maisie and how brilliant she is. And then this guy leaned across and joined in the conversation with how brilliant Maisie is. And I was like, this is dead good. I'm going to tweet her. And then I found the tweet off the guy and he was like, oh, I leaned over because the woman was struggling to remember your name. Oh. <laughs> and he implied like he kind of leaned across and like saved me oh. from that I didn't know who I was talking about. But then the anxiety brain took over and I was like, what if Maisie genuinely thinks that I'd forgotten who she was and was like, that's this girl, right? <laughs> can't, can't really place her dad. It's <laughs> mental what people will put out onto Twitter to sort of like throw yeah. you under the bus. They're just so confident they've got the right end of the stick they don't even yeah. think for a second. I might have misread that. Yeah, like I would have remembered every detail about your show and not your name. Yeah, not I'm just going to help this comedian remember <laughs> her fellow colleague's name. <laughs> when Bless else them. would that happen? I know, it's so bizarre. I did that classic thing of sitting there going, that thank you yeah. Oh, yeah thank god you're here yeah. <laughs> you've saved the day <laughs> jesus christ oh dear yeah our first question that we ask is when was the last time you felt calm oh when was the last time i felt calm yesterday i had a day off yesterday Oof. and it was it was lush yeah it was really really nice i've been quite busy for the whole week running up to it and then it was just me my boyfriend and my brother at my house we've been watching this is england the tv series oh, very calming yes. tv series yeah really calming <laughs> really good for the uh for the old mental health um it's sort of like a checklist of everything that can go wrong with your mental health in this yeah. is england, isn't it but it was just nice to like just chill at home with people who aren't comedians yes. <laughs> and chat about stuff that's not comedy. Mm-hmm. We just chat absolute rubbish, to be honest, when, when we're together. Got a massive pizza oh, delivered. Nice. Oh, it was lovely. Last week was a bit hectic. You know, and you don't know what you're doing in the days ahead and you just are solely relying on checking your Google calendar. Yes. Yeah. It was one of those weeks. But all I knew was that Sunday was my off day. So I proper, proper milked it. I think I went about it like... You know when you'd pull a sickie from school <laughs> yeah. and you'd lie on the sofa like watching Loose Women or like yes. Lorraine or whatever or the right stuff, just watching stuff that you never normally watch, mm. yeah. proper milking, what an off day you're having. I think there's something lovely about watching trash and being fully aware it's trash, yeah, but you're yeah. like, I am not going to feel guilty for wasting my time here. No, nope, this no, no, is, no. Oh, this is my day. Can you not? No, I, I, I honestly can't. I don't. I can't remember the last time I had a proper day off where I didn't really? do some work. Yeah. Cause what? Because I, I get to, like, I'll try and relax in the morning. It's like, okay, this is fine. I'm still a bit sleepy. And I'll just mainline coffee for a bit. Yeah. And I get really anxious because I've drunk too much coffee. Then about one o'clock, <laughs> two o'clock, I go, right, I'm feeling really guilty. I haven't actually achieved anything today. So oh, I have so to you do get some the work. guilt of yeah, not doing yeah. stuff. So I have to do a little bit of work mm-hmm. until about four-ish, five-ish and then I can try and relax but I can't do a whole day I'm getting better really? that yeah. allocate if I've got a day off I'm like no this is a day off and then sometimes yeah. I'll get an email and be like hey Lauren um, can you do a gig on this date and I look and it's my only day off that week and I think there was a time when I would have been like yes yes I'll do it but now I'm like no because I'm entitled yeah. to a day off yeah and, yeah and then the day comes around I'm like 150 quid would have been nice wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> But at least I've got loose women. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure that'll fill the void. (laughs) Um, So yes, yesterday was the first last time. It's either like today or yesterday or 
years ago, mm-hmm. whenever we asked this question. Really? No, yeah, it's yeah. so bizarre. It's either very in recent memory or it takes about 30 seconds for someone to remember when. There's no middle ground. Really I think, isn't. like, even just the word calm is so different for everybody else, though, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, my mum, a, a calm day for her would be an absolute nightmare, hectic day yeah. for me. Mm. But she's like, oh, I've hardly done anything today. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. are you joking? You've, like, programmed a festival. <laughs> like, go for a walk. <laughs> yeah. It's mental. Whereas... Calm for me, it's like I'll have a, like a whole weekend off, and I'll be like, I earned that. Yes, yeah. sometimes a little bit too calm. I, I, I think <laughs> I think I'm turning into my mom because I've started to find cleaning quite calm. Your face, Lauren. What the hell? <laughs> I, have, I must be getting old because I think. I started following that bloody Mrs. Hinch on Instagram as well. And I was like, oh, like... Following what? She's the cleaning woman. So, like, she's like, become Hinch. a millionaire. All she did was, like, put videos of her, like, cleaning on her Instagram. And she's a millionaire Cleaning now. recently. It's got, out, like, like yeah. this Mary it's, Kondo oh, yeah, thing. Yeah, it all stems from people oh, I, like I that. I enjoy chucking shit away, but that's just because I live with a hoarder. My yeah. wife's yeah. a hoarder, so I enjoy throwing things yeah. away because it brings me great joy. See, I like it now. Like, the other day, the top of the oven was really minging, and I dropped loads of hints and no one had cleaned it. So I got me pink stuff out and and I cleaned the oven top till it was like all shiny and like glistening. Look and then I cleaned the joy all the benches. On your face. I know. Oh, and then because I looked, you and haven't I was spoken like, about anything this passionately on this podcast, and we have done more so than many 30 episodes. episodes. And just looking and like seeing how stressed and anxious it had made us, probably like, my God, no one ever cleans up. Why isn't why is nobody cleaning up? And then I cleaned up, and I was like, look, look how pretty it is now. I love it. This I is do, the I weirdest thing cleaning. I think I've known you to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's such a line as well between um, having a clear out. Yeah. Yeah. That really de-stresses me. Yeah. Having a clear out and just being shot of stuff and cleaning. Proper cleaning. That's weird. Yeah. I've got the that's... little spray by the sink and if like someone's been cooking in the kitchen doesn't smell right, I'll give it a bit of a spritz so that my kitchen smells like a tropical breeze. Oh my I, God. Oh, I feel really happy. This is the last time I felt calm talking about cleaning my house. You've got such a big smile on your face. This I is do. absolutely Imagine living with, like living with Mr. Muscle. <laughs> so that's the thing, though. I think now, especially my boyfriend knows I'll clean and knows I enjoy it. So that's it. why he doesn't so clean. Yeah, he's like, well, it makes him happy. Forcing stereotypes getting, there, mate. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, I came in from a whole weekend of gigs yesterday and he'd cleaned the whole place. And that was quite nice because you'll get this when like you come back from gigging away and you're like, I'm going to come home to a shitty, messy house. And I came in and he'd cleaned it all. And I was like, It is nice. You are. It is nice. I used to, um, at uni, we used to have like, cleaning rotors Mm. Um, and just again like what we were saying about the word calm the word clean means so many different things to so many different people like you'd come back and you'd be like Duncan it was your turn to clean you'd be like I have cleaned and you would look around the house and be like can you point out the bits that you cleaned this is insane this is not a clean house I find certain parts of it quite therapeutic when Mm -hmm. I used to be a sound engineer I used to um, love sweeping a stage it was the most calming thing I could do because you have to do it in a certain way. You start from the back and you brush it all to the middle. Yeah. Do the stage left, then you go do stage right, all down to the front, and then you sweep. It's so. I feel lovely. like the only time I've ever seen someone sweep a stage is when they then burst into song. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's just me being yeah. the typical st- stagey person. I couldn't sweep a stage without yeah. sort of duetting with my broom. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> When was the first time you became aware of mental health being a thing, be it positive or negative? God, that's a really good question. The first time I became aware of mental health being a thing. Mm. This is quite deep, quite quickly. But um, there was a girl at our school who I think we were we'd just got into sixth form, 
And I'd come right through school, like from, from being, you know, tiny tots with this girl. And we were not close friends in high school, but we had lots of mutual friends. Like I maybe wouldn't hang out with her one-to-one, but mm. she was part of a big group. And um, uh, I'm sure you can guess we were all into like, drama and stagey stuff we were very much the drama geeks and um seemingly out of nowhere this girl started to really struggle with her mental health and this would have been about 2010 and i remember she started to not attend school quite so much because her anxiety was so bad but at the time we didn't know that it was anxiety we were just told that this girl uh, was struggling with her mental health. And that seemed like such a massive mm-hmm. thing. And because I hadn't heard anybody struggle with mental health before, if somebody took time off school, it was because their arm was broken or it was because their mum had died or it was it was a it was a, a something where there was a proof or you know there was a you can see the reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this girl went from being an absolute stage magnet to being too scared to come into the cafe and too anxious to talk to people. And her diet had completely checked. She was really not in a good place. And such is the way that things are at school is that you only really ever heard half a story. So we we didn't really have this understanding of Mm -hmm. what was going on with this girl. We just knew that she was no longer attending school. And some members of the group were very, very compassionate and very understanding and very supportive and would try and integrate her into the, you know, if we were doing stuff on a weekend, we'd try and get, they'd try and get her involved. And others thought she was attracting attention. And I fully admit now, but at the time, I would sort of flick between the two. I would sometimes think, oh God, poor girl. And then other times I'd think, oh, come on. Like, mm-hmm. And it's it's terrible because it, now, obviously we have such more of an understanding that yeah. if that happened now, I know what my reaction would be. But at the time I was 16 and there were people also in my school who'd taken time off to have huge life-changing operations or they'd taken time off because a parent had died. And then suddenly somebody's not turning up to your drama exam that you're part of a group in because of something that you can't see. And I think there's an element of being 60 and everything seems to revolve around you. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking, this girl's quite selfish for just not turning up and mm-hmm. not 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 and, and leaving us to deal with whatever it is that she's not turning up and doing. And then I remember about after two months of her barely coming into school, and I mean once every fortnight, if at all, she came in uh, with her mum... And she just didn't even look like how she looked before she'd gone. And just seeing that, I mean, it it's frustrating because you shouldn't have to see somebody mm-hmm. physically change to know that they're going through such a rough time. But for me at 16, that is what it took for me to, to see and to understand it. Because I people didn't talk about mental health in like PGCE or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't a discussed thing. We knew what... We knew what kids had, what disabilities, and we knew what, you know, we knew about things like grief and how to be more understanding with kids who were going through a hard time with Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. But we didn't know about mental health. And if there wasn't a clear, specific reason for someone to have poor mental health, it was quite difficult to get your head round. And we went to a good school. We lived in a nice town. And I'm also from a family where growing up that was sort of the response to things. I remember I would go home and say to my mum and dad about this girl 
And they go, well, what's she got to be upset about? Mm. You know, and she's, mm-hmm. she's got she's living in this lovely house. She's got this lovely family. She's got you lot. She's not, you know, she's got lots of friends. And of course, those things don't play into mental anybody. It doesn't yeah. discriminate. And but but you don't know that at six, and you don't. And my parents didn't know that. Nobody had had experience mm-hmm. because these conversations that we're having now weren't happening ten years ago. So that was the first time I was aware of it and she is she's fantastic now she's Mm. like i see her on instagram she's absolutely like bloody bossing everything so thank god she's uh she's she's come out the other end of it but um it got really really bad when we were at school and seeing that was the was the first time i sort of realized actually i think mental health you know poor mental health or struggling with mental health isn't the same thing as just saying i don't want to come into school because i can't be asked Mm -hmm. it's not that it's a thing inside you that prevents you from doing things that you would normally jump at the chance of doing. I don't remember anyone saying the phrase mental health at school when I was in high school at all. No, No. it's weird because they teach you sex ed. They teach you this is going to happen to your body, your bodies Uh are going to change, this is all normal, but no one ever sits down and things in your brain might change and things in your head and this is not... I think it should be taught with the same importance. I remember thinking, it's so stupid when you think back to it now, but because we were taught about sex ed and like periods and stuff, a lot of us were like, maybe she's just got really bad period pain. Like, yeah. and then we would all be like, "Well, we've all got period pain. <laughs> you know, we all turn up with a few cramps. Uh-huh. You know, it doesn't mean you can't turn up to your drama exam. It's like, no, this girl is really struggling with t- at times staying alive. Yeah. You know, it's not a bloody period cramp. <laughs> and also, mental health was so vague. Yeah, it's such an umbrella term. Mm-hmm. So, anxiety to us just meant sort of like how you feel before an exam it wasn't Mm -hmm. like an actual something that you can struggle with on a day-to-day basis for no seemingly no apparent reason and the same with depression depression to us was like oh it's if it's raining and you're a bit down because you've had a breakup Mm -hmm. or you hear a song that reminds you of your ex like that's it was almost romanticized wasn't it it's it's like looking out of a bus window when it's raining listening to a sad song (laughs) yeah and then and then these conversations sort of uh uh, they're fantastic and they need to be had but they sort of came across so quickly mm. that then I think people who were still trying to understand it then thought every Tom, Dick and Harry was dropping the depression mm-hmm. bomb everywhere and it was like well hang on just because you're sad doesn't mean you're depressed or just because you're nervous doesn't mean you're anxious so there was at school it felt like there was people who were like no what you need to understand is this 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 mm-hmm. and there were people who were going well no we've all we've all got those and you're just using those words because they're trendy now and it was probably a mixture of the two yeah. in that maybe not everybody was depressed some people were mm-hmm. you know some, some people probably were overusing it but with this specific girl she had very poor mental health and it wasn't discussed about and so therefore wasn't understood at the time yeah i, I think i often think about it because i'm not really in touch with her because we were never close enough to hang out one-on-one but god if she went through that now at school i'd like to think that there's such a more so much more of a conversation and, and understanding around it mm-hmm. that people wouldn't be quite so myself included what when 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 you say depression when yeah. you say anxiety what do you even mean by yeah. that you know what what do you mean poor mental health what have you got to be upset about it's not exactly. about that you know yeah. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. I remember a girl, and if she's listening, this is no slight on you whatsoever, you're amazing, <laughs> um, but she was doing a piece of theatre about anxiety, right. and I remember being like, so I would have maybe been either first or second year of uni, and I was just like, but we all feel like that, and we're, that's again, thing, yeah. that same kind of attitude, and then I started to realise, like, as my own mental health started to change, and once I started to suddenly feel anxious, I was like, oh no, this is different, Yeah. oh no, this isn't, yeah. oh, my bus is late, and I'm going to be late for work, and I'm going to get told off, this is, I can't get out of bed. And yeah. I can't. And I remember I, again. I often think about her in that piece of theatre, and I'm like, maybe if I'd bloody gone and seen it rather than yeah. sitting there like a stroppy little nineteen-year-old or yeah. whatever, then maybe when them feelings did come round and hit us, I would have been like, oh, this is fine, this is okay, yeah. rather than putting it to the back of my head and being like, nope, nope, still, still normal, still but fine. Those, those kind of feelings of like. Um what have they got to be sad about, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Don't ever come from a place of malice. No, it's just no, a place lack of, of lack of education. Yeah. Education, yeah. yeah. 100%. And it's 100%. Not, it, none of us were sort of like against this girl no. for, for, for watching. It, mm-hmm. it was more just like you're told to try and understand something and it's difficult to yep. understand something. Yeah. I'm very Especially when much, you've got no information about it No, whatsoever. you've got no information and then you've got a seemingly quite privileged young girl mm-hmm. saying that she feels that the world is in such a way to her that she mm-hmm. can't get out of bed or can't yeah. turn up to school. And um, I think it's probably a mixture of how I grew up and, and personal experiences as well. But I, I would sort of be like, you know, it's it's so stupid to say now. I can totally hear how stupid it sounds. But to sort of think, God, how can you look at those adverts for things like WaterAid and feel sorry for yourself, mm-hmm. you know, in these... And it's like, well, you know completely different contexts there yeah. Yeah. just because you live in the first world doesn't mean you can't experience poor mental health yeah. yeah and you have to be able to look after yourself before you can start looking after anyone else you have to make sure that you're okay before you start going right I'm at a place now where maybe I can start spending yeah. money and helping other people yeah unless you're looking after yourself you're never going to get to that point yeah. so it's you can't equate the two ever I really it, it annoys me so much I've, I've heard it quite a lot throughout my life it's like mm-hmm. why are you sad there's all this going on yeah. it's like yeah but I'm the only person that can sort me being 
being sat out. Exactly. It's, it's on me and maybe uh-huh. some friends and stuff. And that can filter into your own. If you've grown up, which I think was my experience of like other people being like, well, what have they got to be sad about this, that, that? That then makes you like that. So when you start to feel differently, you almost. Mm. normal out or brush it at the side by being mm. like well what have I got to be sad about because you're brought up I to I appreciate the things you have but yeah. then if, if, if the slightest inkling in your brain sort of says but I am quite sad about that you, mm-hmm. you, you push it aside because you're like no remember exactly. I've got so much to be thankful about mm-hmm. and you, it's almost like a guilt yeah. to feel sad about things because yeah. you look around at other people who are way less fortunate and you go yeah. god I can't be that person that's exactly. saying I find things a bit difficult when I'd be I, like I've got, I've got a lovely got. boyfriend and I live with my friends and I'm doing a degree that I love and I'm in a position where I can even do a degree and yeah. what have I got like what everybody had said all around us what have I got to be sad about and then suddenly yeah. you hit rock bottom and you're like oh that was a lot of unaddressed unaddressed yeah, yeah. things there but <laughs> yeah. maybe we wouldn't be in this point if back then I had just said no I have got something to be sad about and that's fine fine like, yeah. you can't compare it's like even as much as I don't like him when someone in the paper described David Cameron as having privileged pain oh god Did that was disgusting that? I've been ignoring all yeah. of those stories about him because it, oh, it was gone they referred to the death of his son as being oh, a much that's more vile. privileged yeah I did read about that yeah. story he only ever experienced like, no. privileged pain mm. Ben like, Fogel actually wrote mm-hmm. a fan- did you see it I didn't his, see that he no. wrote this fantastic response to it because he is obviously a, a very privileged from privileged background but he too has lost a, a, a child Yeah, and just the way he he responded to it in this he just wrote this big statement thing and it was like god how can you for a second think yeah. that something as horrendous as the death of, a, of your child would feel differently compared to how much money you've yeah. in the bank exactly because no amount of money is going to bring that person mm. back totally. that I think as well when you're on about comparing so there was that girl in the sixth form and then I had a close friend as well who was um, she had a, a sort of life, life, life-threatening life illness um, and she she sad no, sadly no longer with us but she at the time was in and out of hospital all the time for this thing that was very physical she had cystic fibrosis mm-hmm. so in and out of hospital all the time so you'd see her coming in and out and she would be so desperate to catch up on any work that she had missed out and she was so desperate to get into university because she didn't know how long she would live mm-hmm. so then when you're again I, I regret it now but at 16 looking at someone like that who is so desperate to live to the fullest yeah. for as long as they can and then you've got um, somebody who's coming in and, and, and not turning up to at the time your drama exam feels like the biggest thing in the world so the fact when somebody doesn't turn up yeah. you're like well it's totally irresponsible often. Yeah. and when you've got somebody who's not turning up for mental health reasons and somebody who's not turning up because they're needing an operation on their lungs it's very easy to compare the two mm-hmm. and go well they've got an excuse you you know what you're feeling a bit down yeah. and that whole lack of understanding is so so dangerous mm-hmm. yeah. so dangerous I think what opened a lot of people's eyes was Robin Williams yeah. because that was somebody who looked normal and uh-huh. who presented as happy and entertaining and I think that suddenly made a lot of people go oh yeah oh, well, we didn't know he was, someone like him was struggling. Yeah, I think yeah. that made a lot of people be like, oh, you can't always see it. Yeah. And the people who look the happiest and are the jokers in the group might be the ones who need someone to be like, are, are you all right? Is yeah. everything okay with yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. It was on Fox News when they had the helicopter going around over his house and they were saying, mm-hmm. uh, he had everything, why did he do this? Oh, and it was just like, and it was literally hours after it happened. It's it such a lack of understanding. It is, and it, but it, like you say, I think it really changed the conversation and how people thought about it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. And how privilege doesn't have an effect. It, it shouldn't ever be equate. Um, it just doesn't discriminate. No. Mental yeah. health exactly at all. that. Exactly at that. All. Couldn't have been a bit. Um, so yes, I think that was the first time I was aware of it. But it was sort of a. It was a. It was such a massive umbrella term. We didn't really know the specifics of it. Yeah. And then nothing really happened again until university. Um, and because I was doing a drama degree, everybody was so open with all of their emotions yeah. all the time. <laughs> so the conversations, and by that time it was sort of 2013, 2014, so conversations were starting to, to happen. Yeah. Um, and they were encouraged. It was the first time those conversations were encouraged within an education really? workplace, you know, environment. So it was quite different to go from a school where it was sort of like the elephant in the room that that girl had mental health problems, but we don't really talk about them because mm. none of us understand it. It's going to university where everybody spoke about it. Yeah. Um, it was it was refreshing. It was refreshing yeah. to be around that. I think. Yeah. What do you do in your day to day life to kind of look after your own mental health? Well, I I do mostly writing mm. in the day, and I I always have the radio on. Radio one. Okay. Because I like Clara Ampho in the morning, uh, and then it goes to Scott Mills, mm-hmm. who I absolutely adore in the afternoon. And I just I quite like working around them too, mm-hmm. and just sort of like just breaking it up. I think if I ever try to work for three four hours solidly yeah. writing. First of all, the material would be shit, <laughs> I, I know. But also, just being a bit kind to yourself and if nothing's coming, take a break and make a brew, relax into it. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, Lauren, but like with writing comedy, it's not like a, a job where you turn up at the desk at 9am and you can just come out with comedy gold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to sort of be thinking sort of wider into the world, which is why I like the radio, because it's the public that ring in and it's public sort of observations and personalities mm-hmm. that are in interviewed and talked about so I quite like just take just taking things slow I guess is is my thing for for the day because once you go out in the evening to gigs like tonight I'll be running to and I've got one mm-hmm. in uh North London then running to Kingston and mm, then cool. back to Brighton Bloody so <laughs> evenings are always a bit like right I've got to go here 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 that and they're yeah. a lot yeah. more and you've got to be on and thinking right what am I talking about tonight I need to do that new bit or I need to do this bit or we rework that bit so the days I make sort of quite a conscious effort to calm it down and just just enjoy it. There's nobody meeting a deadline except me. Yeah. If mm-hmm. I've you know if it gets to five p.m. and I've got to get ready to go out for a gig and I've not written that new bit that I needed to, I've got tomorrow to do it. Mm-hmm. Like I've got. I think we convince ourselves there's such a rush in everything we do. Yeah. I do especially like maybe ourselves is a bit of a generalization there, but you just feel like you've built deadlines into your day anyway, and you yeah. just like just like that sense of you just saying just take it slow. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I did anything where I just went, do you know what? I'm just going to take my time with this and yeah. enjoy actually doing it. Yeah. Especially when you're writing comedy as well, because it, it's one of those things you can't just churn out gag no, after gag after no. gag. I had someone come to me last week and it was like, we need 30 jokes by five o'clock today. I was like, well, <laughs> did that's, you tell that's, them where to go? Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. like, that's not going to, that's not how jokes work. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we do. We just kind of put all of yeah. these pressures on ourselves. And I don't think it's very rare that any of us ever go, do you know what? I'm going to chill out for a bit. Yeah. Or just go, like, and as take you say, it easy. often these deadlines are ones that we've put on ourselves. Mm. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong, sometimes I do have a deadline and I'm not. <laughs> turning around then and going actually I'd quite like to take it slow yeah, like, yeah. no I do no, no. when the time calls yeah, for it yeah. I do meet the deadlines but then sometimes if it's just like I need to have, you know I'd like to have written some new bits by that gig I've got next Tuesday if I've only got one new bit by that fine fine. Exactly. there's no, there's nobody going to be sat in that audience that evening going mm, she's not. these are exactly the same jokes <laughs> she did in Marlowe <laughs> last Wednesday that's a really good it's point it's just not we in our heads. build it up in no. our heads yeah um, do you play a game Yes. yes. <laughs> Love a game. I've made a game. Um, right, so you've got to pick a number between one and we've done that one and we've done that one. 
One and 17. One and 17. Uh, let's go with 16. 16. We were about when we were 16. So that's uh, this one. Right, would you rather... Oh, I love these. ...that <laughs> things don't go to plan or there is no plan? Uh, things don't go to plan. Yeah. 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 I cannot be one. doing with people who don't make a plan. Exactly. I just, I'd rather there be a plan and it not, and it not work. work out. And then you can deal with that as it happens. Because then you also feel like, oh, I'm so good at problem solving. <laughs> <laughs> if things go, on the go TV. Yeah. up, you're like, I dealt really well with that. Yeah. Whereas if there's no plan, the fact that you've just like done something, it's like, oh, well, that fell to me. And it should have yeah. I, I can't yeah. stand. No. I'm not no. going to bother leaving the house if there isn't a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have a plan in my house. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like if people are like, oh, do you want to um, do something tonight? And I'm like, yeah, what? And they're like, oh, oh. My I'm God. like, no, yeah. I need to know what. Where, like, say, I'd rather than be like, okay, we're going to go to this pub and then so we get to that pub and it's closed. Okay, that hasn't gone to plan, but we'll go to another pub. Yeah, and it yeah. also means that, like, when you're getting ready for that, you know, right, we're going to a pub tonight. Yeah. So you don't turn up in bloody wedding attire. <laughs> <laughs> like, you've got, even if that pub is shut, you're still appropriately prepared yeah. for whatever is the backup. These people who can just have days with no plans. You know, they're always really smug as well, aren't they, on the internet, where yeah. they're like, oh, we woke up, just decided to see where life would take us. I'm like, Absolutely oh, not. no. No, no even, even my days off have a plan. Yeah. Yesterday, I was like, my plan is to watch This Is England and yeah. eat pizza. Yeah. And you know what? I ticked everything off that list. <laughs> so. I'm good at short-term plans. I don't have any life goals. Oh, no. Oh, no. No. Yeah, I can do, like, week by week. It's absolutely fine. But I don't have any aspirations in my life whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's more of a comment on me than anything else, to be honest. Yeah, I kind of... When people are like, so where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. being 30. That's yeah. it. That's all. Exactly. I don't really... It's like when job interviews ask you it as well, when they're like, oh, where do you see... I remember when I was working at Boots and I had the interview she was like where do you sort of see, you, see yourself in five years and I was like not working at Boots yep. and apparently that wasn't the answer she wanted but uh, sh- who is asking a Boots employee where they see themselves five in five years, years? Yes. I plan to be Mrs Boots by this point <laughs> what do they plan- want you to say exactly like, she did actually say it was that um, she, she thought it would um, be more of a career option and I was like look if you you want a career in retail and to be a manager that is fine but I was like 18 after a part time job while I was at uni and I was like, this no, this isn't forever. This oh, is not no, forever. No, no. So weird. No. Um, just on that, boots, I would say probably up there with worse uniforms. Yes. Why are they all dressed like dental nurses? Tabard. <laughs> and then the, the Why? navy like sort of jacket you had to wear. And mine, I don't know if everyone's was like this, but mine that had no armpits in it so I had the sleeves and I had the jacket but she if definitely I lifted, gave you that one because you didn't have yeah. a five year plan <laughs> my five year plan was to have a jacket armpits. with armpits in it <laughs> and so anytime I would lift to stack something on the shelf I'd have like a little pit hole oh my yeah. god me little tabard I once got wrong because my tabard wasn't white enough and I was like what I'm what have you been doing in your tabard <laughs> it was it just the cut it, like, you know when you when you get a white top and you wash it and then it becomes more of like an off white it was off white and oh with oh. holes in the armpits <laughs> yeah. It's like the whiteness. I'm like so surprised you didn't still work there, <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time I turned up after a night out? <laughs> and she sent me to the makeup counter to get me makeup done because I looked a disgrace. <laughs> No! <laughs> so I, spent, I thought it was a treat. And I was, I was buzzing because I was like, my first job. And I was like, oh my God, I'm getting to sit on the makeup counter. And then I came back and they were like, yeah, it's 
actually looked like shit. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, it looked amazing after Jillian had worked on it. I can <laughs> see you sat in this chair, being like, "Oh, but they all wish they could get this." It's like, no, it's like the sin bin. Yeah. Employees. Someone behind us with a bell, like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, We've got about five minutes left if you want to do our last question. Yeah, so our last one is if you could go back uh, to your younger self and (laughs) give you some advice on like mental health and living without misery, what would you tell yourself? That's such a good question. This is a really good podcast, can I just say? Thank Thank you. you. Um, That's the advert. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If I could go back and tell myself one piece like of advice for improving mental health. Yeah, just in general. My mental health or understanding mental health. Either or. Good. Yeah. Well, I would certainly go back to sort of uh, sort of prepubescent era maze era. Like I'm a, like I'm a genre of music. Um, sort of like you know, like thirteen, fourteen, when ev- when the world just revolves around you and you're so blinkered. Mm-hmm. I would re- I would really like to go back and just sort of tell 13-year-old, 14-year-old Maisie to kind of be a little bit more aware of other people's, not feelings, but mental health. Like, not just, you know, are they angry, are they sad, but how are they mentally? Are they are they okay? And and it's not a... Just, just to have more of the conversations that we've got now that would make me realise that poor mental health isn't always just feeling sad or angry it's mm-hmm. a it's a whole concoction of things sometimes for loads of different reasons the fact that it doesn't discriminate um and i i tell myself that for other people in high school because i was very fortunate to have a lovely time at high school um and i don't think i really experienced any sort of poor mental health until university um and i if i could go back to there i would want to tell her to, sorry, I would want to tell her to not to not be so uh, so so ashamed of it. I was so um, because my only experience had been of that girl at high school, and, mm-hmm. and and she had been this massive sort of enigma of no one really knew what what was going on with her. But it, it really, I, I remember seeing how much it, it physically changed mm-hmm. her, and I knew I didn't feel right at uni, um, and I was having a really rough time, had a horrendous breakup, and then it was really like sort of. Uh, like play, it was more like a playground than any time at, at, at primary school. It was mm-hmm. so you know picking sides and all of that, and really isolating and really lonely. Um, and I think through that, I tried to tell myself I wasn't having poor mental health because my own experience of it had been yes. this, and I was so determined to not be that. And so determined. I think there's an element as well of when you've had a breakup, you're trying to come across as like your best version of yourself. Yeah. So it was that battling with like internally feeling absolutely rock bottom horrendous. And so I would go back to tell me at that point in my life to, to just just acknowledge how you're feeling. Stop trying to pretend it's not happening mm-hmm. because it's not something that if you pretend it's not happening, it eventually goes, goes away. away. You have to acknowledge it. You have to. And I didn't for so, so long until actually I'd left uni and I came home uh, and my mum and dad were like, you seem very angry at the moment. You're very short-tempered. Mm-hmm. My dad does that awful thing whenever I'm short-tempered of asking me if I'm on my period. <laughs> and um, eventually he'd asked that and my mum said that I was very snappy and it just all came out and I think I thought I was just going to snap for two minutes and say look actually no mm-hmm. I'm you know this is and it, it half an hour later I've got yeah. like st- streaming mm-hmm. tears and all of this and I remember my mum and dad being like good god we've what's, yeah. what's going on here 
And it was because whilst it was happening at uni, I hadn't acknowledged it face on. And like this girl at, at school, I had loads of friends who probably would have understood, but it was a mixture of me not saying it and them also not knowing if it was mm-hmm. me just being post-breakup maze or yeah. me being in a really dark place, mate. And I don't yeah. think I knew at the time. Mm-hmm. I think I was like, this is what everybody's like after a breakup. Exactly, you know, I've, yeah. I'd never had a breakup that big before. So I was like, everybody has this. It's mm-hmm. fine. I'm just going to yeah. get my degree and get out of here, um, which I did. But I don't think I was able to sort of get out of that place mentally yeah. until until I'd acknowledged it. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'd go to 13-year-old Mays and tell her to just have a little bit more awareness and understanding and talk, have those conversations with my friends. And I'd go to 19-year-old Mays and tell her to not date a dickhead again and <laughs> to acknowledge when you're when you're feeling like how yeah. how you and and you don't have to be suicidal i think that was the, that was a massive part of mm-hmm. mental health for me as mm-hmm. i was like people with more poor mental health yeah. are checking into rehab they're they're well, doing what that girl at voices, school did i'm not yeah. yeah i'm not hearing voices i'm i'm still turning up for all my classes i was bloody miserable mm-hmm. yeah. absolutely really really miserable but turning up to everything because i didn't want the flack of if i didn't turn up I'd get even more flack mm-hmm. uh, and and that would make me it would make everything worse so I just went in with this sort of again probably to do with how I was brought up but this just power through just power yeah. through you know blinkers on mm-hmm. it's fine and it's not always just because you're suicidal it's not always just because you've got voices it can it can be you know I wasn't just sad I wasn't just a bit mopey after a break I was really really down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I ever took the time for myself to actually like acknowledge it. Mm. I think I was just sort of like bury your head yeah. in the sand and it'll go away eventually. And it was only when it all came out that I realised, like my mum and dad were going, God, this isn't you. And I was like, fuck, no, it's not. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jesus. None of us had really clocked. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realise I was being that angry with my mum and dad. Mm-hmm. And I know now that I was being that angry at them because because I'd felt so on my own and I knew I wasn't. Yeah. And I was like, you're my family. You're supposed to know when I'm down. You're supposed to be there for me. But I was just being arsy mm-hmm. and not actually saying why. Yeah. yeah, I would just want me to be a lot more open about it from the start and, and talk about it. And I think if I'd have had podcasts like this and the conversations that we're having now, you know, on on TV, just everywhere in the media now, it's it's so discussed, which is great because people will see those feelings that we've all had represented. And also, like, growing up, all of the depression stories we had growing up, there was, like, a postnatal depression storyline on EastEnders Mm -hmm. or Corrie or whatever, and it was really dramatic. Mm -hmm. And that was the only sort of depression... I had experience of and I was like well, I don't have that I've not got a baby and I've not got a, you know I don't want to be throwing myself off a bridge mm-hmm. I, I, I just I just don't know why I'm feeling so down oh, yeah that's good advice yeah Brilliant. there we go thank you so thank so you. much yeah, thank, thank you so you. much for coming in thanks thank for having you. me we hope you can take something from this podcast away with you in your day to day life whatever situation you're in you're not by yourself we can share our stories share our experiences we can help each other know that things do get better and uh, that's it. That's that's the end of uh, episode. End of this episode. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Thank you to Lauren. Thank you to Maisie. Uh, you can go see it on tour. You should. Her show, Hang Fire, which was at Edinburgh this year, the year 2019, um, was uh, absolutely fantastic. And uh, everyone should go see it if you can. Uh, thank you to Dave. Thank you to Calm. And what else? I don't know. Go donate some money to Calm. They're a good company. Company? Charity? Company? Endeavour? Mission? I don't know. Uh, Go give them some money. 
Uh, even though you just give money with your ears, you can give extra money, can't you? You've probably got a couple of quid in your pants or something. Um, right, that's us until next week. Uh, do you want me to thank anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Love you, bye. Bye, 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 bye. Love you, bye, bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugged your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. Where's your social history? Sorry? What to do, tips for relief. <laughs> the rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. <laughs> what is this? What is I don't want this one. <laughs> that, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum, Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad, Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising people. <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone, a Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. <laughs>